0: Yo, y'all know what time it is. NCOPD Live, Wednesday nights, prime time. We in the building. TPSGL is ready to go. I want all the smoke. Let's do this. Gentlemen, welcome to another edition of NTO PD Live, hosted by yours truly, Staff Sarn Hicks. Hashtag D. professional SGL coming at you live from Beaumont, Texas. We back at the crib, back home from some great leave over the last couple of weeks. Uh, had a good time. Good to be back. You know, it's nothing like being back in your own element. You know the the smell of the aroma of the fragrances when you walk in. Let me just stop. Anyway, hey. But look, I'm great. I'm glad to be back. Uh, So before we even get started, I got a shout out. Hey, as an SGL, you know, I've dealt with many soldiers, not even just from my CMF, but while I was at the academy. Dealt with, uh, came across plenty of soldiers, but I definitely got to give a shout out to the one and only Sarn Fender ALC 88 November 18-502. It does you good when your soldiers call you back just to check on you. Well, she actually needed something too, but call to check on and see how the TPSGL was doing. So, hey, kudos to that NCO. Appreciate you reaching out today. And I needed that because today was one of those days. I was talking to the guests in the back in the green room. Trust me. Today was one of those days, but thanks to Sergeant Fender reaching out, checking on me. And this brings me to the next point uh, that I want to talk to you all about. So, we have a new hotline for NCOPD Live where you can reach me directly. This is not my personal number, but you can reach me personally on the NCOPD hotline. I have a second line, second number, a second phone. That number is 409-203-6700. I'm gonna say it again. That number is four zero nine two zero three six seven zero zero now let me say this that is between the hours of zero nine and 1700 central standard time okay on the weekends uh it's a case-by-case basis depending on what i got going on so if you got something that you want to call a professional sgl about or you want to request something, uh, if you still want to request us to do like, uh, be on the show or do a Army 365, because the MS Teams is going away, got to stay relevant, right? Um, make sure that you reach out through the inbox or reach out through ncopdlive at gmail.com so they can go ahead and, and schedule you all the right way. But that hotline number, is in case you just want to ask me something directly, you have another ways uh, means of ways to contact me because... I don't monitor the inboxes from instagram twitter and all of that i don't monitor them on a normal basis but again that hotline number if you want to reach that tpsgl is 409-203-6700 and remember that is between the hours of 09 and 1700 central standard time <laughs> so tonight's guest she is not a stranger she's been in the building once before When I first met her, I didn't know she was following me until she said it on camera. So, hey, what more? What more so to bring her back after she has transitioned out of the army? Look, I'm super excited to talk to her tonight. Uh, Some things that we're going to be talking about. I guarantee you, some individuals probably didn't know about this. So, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only first sergeant retired, I'm going to say Miss C.T. Moss. What's going on, sis? Hey bro, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be for the encore performance. So, um, you know I've been cooking up something for one of the icebreakers that we have. We like to play the five second rule. So, here's how this goes. Before I tell you the rules, nobody in the history of NCO PD Live has ever come on the show and declined to play one of the icebreakers. Now, you can make history tonight. And be the first one to decline, not to play the game. So my first question is, is would you accept this mission or do you decline it? I accept. Okay. With that being said, here are the rules. I am going to ask you to name me three of something. And you have five seconds to name those three items. The clock will start once I say the first, once I finish the question. You understand? OK. All right. So my question to you is, is name three different types of traffic signs. Go.
1: Stop sign, yield sign, crosswalk
0: sign. OK, one four point <laughs> eight two. Hey, you got it. All right. OK. I was like you was getting kind of a little slow. That I, since yeah, I, was I, was, like,
1: I was. You catch me off guard. <laughs>
0: That's the purpose of it. It's the purpose to break the ice and get them loosened up and let them have a good time. So I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to let you tell us a little bit about yourself. Ma'am, the mic is yours.
1: So first of all, Dee, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to stay connected. Um, I'm always going to be an NCO. Once an NCO, always an NCO. So I am so happy to be here and continue on in the military community. So you want me to just tell you a little bit about my background or what I've been up to? Where we started background with? first. Background. OK, so retired first sergeant with 24 years, 10 months, 12 days of service. Uh, so I just recently retired. So um, I'm super excited. Um, daughter of a Vietnam vet, was once a military spouse. And now I'm a military mom. Both of my children serve in the military. My daughter's in the Air Force and my son is in the Army. And that's why it was so important for me to stay connected as I have two lifelong investments that are now part of the military community as they serve. Um, I'm I'm settled down in Tampa, Riverview, Florida. um, And I am just a part of this wonderful organization that I cannot uh, wait to talk
0: about with, with everyone. Okay. So you had one go to the Air Force and one go to the Army. I, so I did. Gotta, I got to ask what happened to the what happened to the straight? What 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 happened?
1: You know, she my son, he's in the Army. He joined directly after high school, but my daughter went off to college first, so you know, she thought she was smarter than everybody and um and decided to join the, the Air Force. But they're both so smart and I'm proud of both of them as they are uh breaking glass ceilings and the jobs that they chose uh, to, to to do in the military. So, okay. it, you know, yeah. they got to find their own path.
0: Yeah. So, you know, you know, we're full of surprises here on NCOPD Live, right? Yes. Yeah. So what would you do if I told you I had somebody special to come out and be on camera with us for a second? What would you do?
1: bring them i miss i love surprises
0: okay good i was just seeing if he's gonna get up hype or whatever because if i knew i've seen your daughters uh i don't think i've seen no i think i've seen where your son had a birthday you posted but i know recently your daughter celebrated something not too long ago and yeah. we had already talked and i was gonna ask her hey i need you to come on and surprise your mom oh that would have yeah. yeah you know but I never got around to doing it. And I'm just going to be honest with you. It just <laughs> slipped my mind, but ma'am, if you're out there watching, trust me, we were going to reach out to you to see if we can get both of <laughs> y'all to come on here. So, like I said, it's great to have you back on the show. Uh, so the first thing I would like to talk to you about, say, you just recently transitioned out and yes, you I transitioned uh, like a couple of other, my I guess I know uh, the not so great beard, one, uh, Command Sergeant Major retired Griffin, went through this whole uh, retirement piece during COVID. Mm -hmm. So my first question is, I got a follow-up question to it, but my first question is, is how was the transitioning piece uh, with the COVID restrictions not being able to go and do in-person briefings? How was that?
1: You know, it was so different um, because everything was online. And I'm a I'm an energy, get my energy from people person. So I love to connect face-to-face. And so that was just so different to be able to just virtually do my seminars, my resume, all the, uh, the things that you do um, for SFL TAP. I did it all virtually. So I, I must say it took a little bit more effort for me to stay engaged and make sure I got everything because I didn't have that face-to-face you know, with uh, people at Soldier for Life. So, but I made it through and and preparation, if I could leave a tip for anyone, it is to start two years out so you can be prepared. So I actually started, although I was still in the seat as a first sergeant, kept it to myself, but I knew I was going to retire. So I started early on before COVID and that also helped me.
0: OK, so I'm, I'm going to echo what she said. Third of the 289th Gators command team. Staff Sergeant Hicks is to be starting Soldier for Life next year. Next year. I'm ready to start this process because I'm ready to take my exit out. Now, I want to ask you. Uh, I like to ask guests that can't that that, uh, that come on to the show that has retired. Uh, everybody normally or majority of everybody goes through the retirement process and they find out something that they didn't know. And they like to share that information with the person. So if there was one or two things that you learned, even as a first arm, while you were going through the retirement process that you didn't know that if you were to tell somebody like me, that's getting ready to go through the process, what would you, what type of advice would you give them?
1: The advice I would give everyone, and this is probably something everyone has heard before, but it sometime ago in one ear and out the other. It is go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Things that have bothered you, don't put it off. Don't stick uh, stick it out. Go and get seen from head to toe on things that have bothered you in the service. And oftentimes, and here's here's the little the good tip go mm-hmm. to medical records inside your TMC and get your chronic flow chart it tells you every ailment that you've ever received from the time you was a private back in 19 tells you and you can actually see things that maybe you have forgotten because you're going to need that sheet to do your claim for VA so mm-hmm. go get your chronic Flow chart from medical records, they'll print it right off on the spot where they keep your medical mm-hmm. records. Yes, that is my tip. It's free, I gave it to you.
0: So, That's ladies it. and gentlemen, chronic flow chart, and you don't have to wait till you're getting ready to retire. No, you you
1: can do that now, I two years, three wow. years out, do that now. Keep it because, and I know it doesn't really make sense now, but when you do your retirement physical and they ask you to list everything that has bothered you. Typically, we're only going to think about what's what's hurting us now or recent, or if we had surgery. But Mm -hmm. everything that you've ever, from the time you was in basic training, deployments, went to the field, twisted your ankle, played basketball, broke your, you know, tore your ACL, whatever is bothering you, and this could have been 10, 15 years ago, is going to be on there. So... Please get that sheet so you know to be able to claim everything.
0: Okay, so the the, the not so great beer one says, I would suggest senior leaders let their soldiers know about their transition as well as we let them know about our successes. Oftentimes we don't share this with them and they struggle during their transition. I totally agree. Uh, Like I said, I know I had him uh, back for his encore performance and um, he went in-depth about, like the things that he went through when he was finding out. And then even after he transitioned out, there was still some things that he mm-hmm. was learning. And this is a topic uh, that we don't talk about because you said chronic flow chart. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what is What's that? that? Mm-hmm. You know, like I remember when I first heard about uh, your mop score I didn't, mm-hmm. and this had been out for a while and get this, get this, uh, sis, I was at the Academy over a year yeah. and I didn't know, I didn't know about, uh, Yeah. And even my Army benefits. I didn't know about the MOP score until I heard my uh, regiment, Sergeant Major. At that time, it was Command Sergeant Major Cope was giving us a briefing and it tells you where you rack and stack against your peers. And this information is out there, but it's great that we have people to come on onto the show that's able to talk about this. I wrote it down, chronic flow chart and. Trust me, I'm not near an army installation, but I got to be in Fort Hood next week. Oh, I didn't drop, I didn't let the cat out the bag. Yeah, Fort Hood, I'll be in the building next week. So, guess what I'm going to do when I'm there at the TMC? Hey, I need to get that flow chart. Let me see what's going on. Because go I to medical
1: know. records. It's wherever they store your medical records. I don't think they'll do it for you at the TMC, but wherever your medical records are stored. Um, okay. Go there. Yes.
0: So, wow.
1: So I, know. I see him
0: watching. I know you said I know you said something about uh, go and get seen before we go into our topic of discussion. A lot of soldiers now, this is true. A lot of people have fear of being looked at. Oh, that person is going to sit call, And what we do is, is we we, we want to be there. because We want to be whole and we're steady tearing our body down. My question to you is, is that um, people go through 20 plus years of the military. And you give your all in all to the military. And then you don't prepare yourself to when you get out and you have mm-hmm. to fight for what you should be entitled to. So right. I want you to kind of just highlight a little bit the importance of why individuals when you hurt for something. Now there are some people that get over on the system. We know it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like if you actually hurt, talk to us about why it's important to go and be seen so you don't have to fight as hard when you get out to retire.
1: Because, you know... You have to be able to prove that this happened while you were on duty. So go. Um, I think the culture in the army, especially when I was growing up was, uh, you know, if you're weak, you're getting a profile, but at the end of the day, you have to live with yourself for the rest of your life. The army is going to continue to roll along just like they say. Right. And so it's just so important to document what's wrong so that When you do complete your service and you bow out gracefully and you receive your flag and do your last salute, you know that you're taken care of. And it's just so much harder to do it on this side than it is to do it while you're still serving. So that is really, truly. And you just have to get out of your own way in that mindset of um, there's going to be people that don't think you're whole, but hey. They're not living, and and oftentimes we have real, true problems that we just sucking up every day, and we just have to change the culture and the mindset that that is the way to go because it's not.
0: Okay, wow, well that's great tidbits. Uh, I'm gonna be definitely people like you and the not so great beer worm and my uh, cousin and people that just retired. Trust me, when I go through the process, I'm gonna be hitting all y'all up like, hey, they yeah. told me this. You know, yeah. like, let me know. And that's the good thing about being the TPSGL. Once I connect with a guest, we connected for life. So I don't know, if, I don't that's know right. about soldiers, but I got to come up with something special guest for life, but I'm <laughs> connected with you all for life. So I want to talk about, okay, Blue Star Family. Now I've yes. heard of Gold Star Family. I see you got your shirt on and everything, yes. <laughs> you know, so what is Blue Star Family? Cause I've never heard of this.
1: So You know, I didn't either. I, in the spirit of transparency, I wish that I would have known about Blue Star Families when I first became a first sergeant because mm-hmm. there's so many resources in Blue Star Families that could help soldiers. So Blue Star Families is a nonprofit organization it's the largest mm-hmm. not for profit organizations that serve military communities, service members and their families. And that's active duty. That's veterans that's National Guard Reserve All compos. So mm-hmm. that's the first thing. And I just so happened to be a part of um, they started a new racial equity and inclusion um, initiative last year after uh, George, the murder of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. They did a poll. They went, And so that's what uh, Blue Star Films is known for. They are known for their research and data. They um, they do military family uh, surveys. Um, thank you, Sergeant Major Grimm for doing your survey. Um, they do surveys, military life family surveys every year and the results go to the department of defense because it's a great way to see how your military is doing Mm
0: -hmm. and their
1: families, um, and what blue star families is known for not everyone cares about the service member, but oftentimes the family, the spouses, that military family are not thought of, and that's what blue star families do and they do it well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's a nutshell in a nutshell what Blue Star Family says. And so you go to their website, bluestarfam.org, and learn all about them.
0: bluestarfam.org Dot So org. you talked okay. about you talked about some of these surveys. I need to go do mine. Um, a lot of times we now because I'm i a in the spirit of transparency, I'm gonna be one I'm gonna tell on myself I've been guilty of doing this. You notice whenever you ever open up your email and you get something mm-hmm. from ACT or you get this. This person say, do we need you to do this survey? I ah, ain't got time to do that. But yet and still, we complain about certain things that we could have talked about that was in said survey. So we can't complain about not making changes if we're not willing to do our part to take the five or 10 minutes apart to do the survey. We'll spend. I know some people I don't have a TikTok page, but I know some people spend hours on hours on TikTok. But we won't take 10 minutes to do a survey to, uh, you know, enhance if to get information, the data out there to the uh, Department of Defense. And they collect this data and they do studies off of this. Am I right?
1: That is correct. Blue so- Star Family has truly been a voice. Um, if you take the survey, we roll up that we do an analysis and we go to the Pentagon. You know, mm-hmm. we go to Congress and we talk about the findings and they're very reputable. They've been around since 2009. I actually just came from the Pentagon uh, talking to um, Secretary, of, Secretary of Defense, senior advisors about this racial equity initiative. So it is truly reputable. All we ask is just to outreach, take the survey, and share the survey. Um, and that's how you affect change.
0: Okay. Okay. So we're going to we're going to talk a little bit more later on in in the, uh, in the segment about uh, the racial equity and racial inclusion and diversity. But one of the things I want to ask you about is so from a soldier like me that doesn't or any soldier that's watching that didn't our first time hearing about um, uh, the Blue Star families. What are some of the things that they may offer to soldiers and or spouses if they do?
1: They are really big on uh, military spouse job placement. For service members, as we move around, you know, every three years we're leaving and we have professional spouses who oftentimes opt out to work because one, they're not um, uh, exposed to jobs in their field or their experience. And sometimes you have to take a pay cut. That's actually why the CEO started Blue Star Family. She was married to a Marine soldier. She's a lawyer. She took a 100 percent pay cut because she fell in love with the Marine and. Mm -hmm. different places they they went she wasn't able to find a job as a lawyer and that's why she started is to help spouses so they are very good at at um uh, career placement for spouses Mm -hmm. so that's one of the things that i love other resources they have as far as food insecurity right now we're really working with department of defense about bah um and how it's not enough or how we use BAH. And and oftentimes soldiers need um, more assistance when it comes for food. Food insecurity is really big right now amongst Mm -hmm. military families. And so Blue Star families also use that voice to say, okay, the military have some issues and challenges that the senior leaders may not be aware of. That's the biggest thing senior leaders don't often know because we don't speak forth. And so Oftentimes we may feel comfortable doing an anonymous survey, not putting our name to it, but saying that these are some issues and that gets all rolled up to say, yes, there is an issue or we're doing really great in this area. So it's both ways. It's not just to pinpoint the negative, but it's also to say we're strong in this aspect, but we may need a little assistance and help in, in on the other side. So,
0: OK, so I, I know. Um, you, you talked about uh, military spouses. Uh, so that's, that's a great piece because of course, you know, when you PCS and, you mm-hmm. know, spouse is trying to find a job, uh, is this located on the website where they can go and is they do that, they submit a resume or just kind of like, give us a little brief.
1: So there, yeah, on. so there's a, um, if you go on the white website, um, and, and just kind of navigate around, it's pretty intuitive too, real easy to get through, but there's a connection where you'll find spouse force. And all of these um, uh, entities have Facebook groups too. So there's actually a Blue Star Families Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and as well as Spout. Then they have their um, sub Facebook group. So Spouse Force is a is a great Facebook group. They're always posting um, different career opportunities within Blue Star Families and outside of Blue Star Families. But they have, and if you go there, they'll connect you to their um, uh, account, and you'll be able to. Uh, um, website and you'll be able to actually go and build your profile just like LinkedIn, just like Indeeds Mm -hmm. um, for those who are familiar with that job resource. And and you could go in and just start applying for different jobs. And what I like about it is whatever area you're in. So you can locally search if you know you're getting ready to move and your spouse can start looking in that area through SpouseForce um, and to see what's out there. But the biggest thing is connection. And about who you know, and that's where the Facebook groups are also good for about, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm moving here. And we have like, I know when I was at Fort Lee, there was a big Fort Lee Wives group where every there's a Blue Star Families group for every area that you're going to. We have 11 national chapters um, and we have over 300,000 friends that are not that don't belong to a chapter for chapters not in your area. And so Mm -hmm. that's also a good way to connect.
0: Okay. I know one of the things I was going to ask you is, uh, and you spoke about it, I kind of answered it that you guys have 11 other chapters. Uh, My question was going to be is, are there some uh, people that you can actually go to in person in certain locations? Now, of course, we can't be at every Army installation, but uh, are there some other states like maybe like in the Bragg area, like if it was in Raleigh somewhere, are there some locations near some installations that people may want to go and see somebody in person?
1: So because of COVID, you know, we really cut back on in-person okay. events. The biggest push is as absolutely online. Uh, we don't have a chapter near Fort Bragg. Um, however, we do have a lot of family and friends, and we have a large Blue Star Families community in that area. And so that's why I say it's so important to connect either online or through the social media groups. And that's the easiest and quickest way to connect. And then you can build and um, establish relationship and, and set up meeting in-person meetings
0: okay and so like for instance i know i know a couple of people that follow the show they didn't they didn't have facebook so as we evolved we made sure that when we went live on here we were able to go live on youtube at the same time so youtube is free so yes. just want to give that that website out again is bluestarfamilies.org www.bluestarfam.org
1: yes. that's why i see that man hey
0: hey hey hey, hey
1: who you in this on youtube as well Huh? You can search him on my YouTube as well.
0: Yeah. We're on I'm, YouTube. Yes. I'm getting on my buddy in my ear like, hey, you supposed to be correcting me on that. <laughs> I got you, bro. So uh that's good. I, I like the initiative that's uh being pushed out. So my, my question is, is that a first sergeant coming out of the um retiring out of the army, never heard about Blue Star fam uh families. How did you get connected with it?
1: So the way I got connected is, um, you know, we all have mentors. I'm a mentor, but I also am a mentee. Mm-hmm. And I had um, my mentor, two of my mentors reached out to me, and I'm sure they won't mind if I name drop, uh, drop but uh retired Lieutenant General Gwen Bingham and uh retired Command Sergeant Major James Sins. Um, they're both, uh, and we'll talk about that more, they're part of the racial equity committee mm-hmm. um, that actually was formed before. In the beginning of this initiative. And they reached out to me to say, hey, you know, we're going to start this racial equity um, initiative. We need a director. I think you'll be a great fit. Send me your resume so I can send it to the CEO. And so um, I went on the website and I start looking. And at first I was like, I'm not sure if this organization is for me because I don't see anyone that looks like me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of the first step and you know, we'll do, we'll, we'll talk more about why that representation is important. Um, but the, and so I just kind of did my research. I saw what they were about. I heard their stories. Um, and I absolutely believe in this initiative. As I was doing my research, I started to reflect on some things that I went through in my military career with my family. And, um, and so that is why I was, Super, super excited to join um, Blue Star families to push this initiative.
0: Okay, that's that's what I want to talk about next. I want to talk about uh, this uh, initiative, and then we'll get into diversity, uh, diversity and inclusion. So the racial, uh, uh, racial uh, equity, and um, inclusion, inclusion, yes why people why people call me and this is an advisor calling me that lets me know that the advisor is not watching the show (laughs) um but um tell us a little bit about what this entails and then we'll lead into the diversity and inclusion piece so what is the racial equity and inclusion piece with brewstar families about
1: okay so um during the when george floyd's murder happened Mm -hmm. and um I think I was saying this earlier, Blue star families did a a spec we call it a post poll. just mm-hmm. a real quick check to see how military families of color was doing. I mean, the entire nation was being affected by this. Mm-hmm. and um the results were astonishing, and um that's when we started to realize that military that forty percent of military families did not know of half the re- resources um that was uh pro- that that was for them. We mm-hmm. also, in comparison to their white counterpartners, mm-hmm. we also found out that military families of color oftentimes feel safe in the communities in which they serve. And we we know that we don't always have the luxury of, of picking our next duty assignment. And so that brought on decisions that military families of color having to decide, do I take my family with me to this location that I'm not sure about or now, or do I separate? And then that also causes Um, financial hardships if you have to have two different separate households. And so um, that is why the Racial Equity Initiative was born. And so our CEO, Kathy Roth Duque, she brought in an all-star team um, to form a racial equity committee. And that is where Gwen Bingham, General uh, Gwen Bingham is a part of, General Larry Spencer, General Mick Nicholson. We have so many great, and, and along with military spouses and wounded warriors, Charles Egleton. And so we have three co-chairs of that, that committee. It's all, of, all of this is on the, um, the website, if you go to bluestarfam.org, so you can see the committee. And they formed this initiative. It was so important because we realized that militaries of families of, of color families of color were not involved in MSO and VSO space. It was disproportionately white. Mm-hmm. So the reason why they didn't know about these resources is because they didn't think that there was no representation there. And that mm-hmm. opened up this huge initiative. We have a fellowship. We just started to have a, Um, a cohort that come on that we're training and I'm the director of them to be able to train them and then send after a year, they go out into MSO, VSO spaces and hopefully take jobs. And right now they're doing huge outreach in the community to show that everyone should feel welcome Mm -hmm. in the communities that they serve. So that is really truly what the racial equity initiative is about. Uh, We just launched a new survey specifically mm-hmm. on this cause. And like I was saying earlier, I had the opportunity to sit down with Bishop Garrison at the Pentagon, who's a senior advisor for uh, Secretary Austin, as well as Beth Foster. Um, she's also one of the senior advisors to talk about this important initiative and to and to ask them, what questions do you want us to ask on this survey? They're mm-hmm. really so invested and we're connected with the Army, the Air Force, the Marines, um, and the Navy. and um, You know just speaking to those commanders about what do you want us to ask on this survey so that just shows you that they are listening we you know we finally have the military listening and a lot of that had to do with the the riot that happened um on the hill so uh Mm -hmm. we understand that there's a problem i'm sure everyone now has seen general milley's um uh interview that he just did and so they're taking it seriously and i can't wait for this uh this survey to be over it started on the 20th of june It ends on July 28th, so June 28th to July 28th, and we'll roll up the data and we'll release this in a huge uh, racial equity event in October um, Mm -hmm. at the Red Cross across from the White House. So I'm super excited. So all I'm asking is for everyone, take the survey, Be honest, it's anonymous. It's gonna take about 10, 15 minutes, but like you said, sometimes we scroll through Twitter or Mm -hmm. TikTok or Instagram, and it's not only just for military families of color, but what we also found is 28% of our military have multiracial, biracial families. That is 10% higher than the civilian community. So 28% of military families are multiracial, biracial. We truly believe in allyship. And so we want those individuals to take the, uh, those family um, demographics to take the, the survey as well. Mm-hmm. And
0: Still, you, you talked about um, uh, some, in, in some of the data that you all seen from the initial post survey of what happened uh, mm-hmm. with, with George Floyd and uh, mm-hmm. when his murder happened, of course it sent shockwaves, not only through the country, but even around the world. Uh, people begin to stand up and say something. And I guess in some of this data, you guys found out that some individuals didn't wanna to go to certain communities uh, because uh, the stigma or the stereotype that's in uh, specific states of the South may feel that uh, people of color are not welcome there, which is uh, why I kinda wanna highlight the importance of some of these surveys and which forms this question I wanna ask you, Uh, You all sit and go and talk to individuals of different branches Mm -hmm. and uh, you ask them, hey, uh, what questions do you want us to ask in the leadership? That was going to I was going to ask you uh, how important is it for buy in of leaders to participate in these uh, these surveys or when you guys host these meetings or, or, or luncheons or whatever that they give you all raw, uncut questions that need to be asked. So how important is it for buy-in for senior leaders?
1: Oh, it is extremely important. And it's one of my principles or, or uh, what what my priority is as the, the REI director of Blue Star Family is awareness. That is my number one priority, is just to make everyone aware because if it's not your experience, then you don't think it exists. That's just how the world works. If we didn't go through it, we don't, we don't know. And so awareness is big. And I had the opportunity to sit down and talk to uh, General John McNicholson. He used to be the the ISAF commander, four star. I spoke with him a few weeks ago and he actually shared with me how he felt so bad because he did not know that this existed. And being Mm -hmm. him and him being a commander, he thought he was read in on all issues. And he mentioned how he actually called, you know, and talked to a few of his old command sergeant majors um, that happened to be um, of color and said, hey, was this your experience? And he said the way they opened up to him and, 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 and admitted, yes, it was. He was floored. And, you know, he actually admitted how he felt bad because he didn't know. And, you know, I was also sharing him like, not oftentimes do we talk about it. You know, or we want to bring it up because in the military, and I know everyone has heard this one time or another, we don't see color. All we see is green.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, this data had been trying was, you know, they tried to collect this 15 years ago, but the military wasn't quite interested in it yet. Mm-hmm. Now they are. And so that even more, you know, we want to fix it. We we allyship is so important. Um, even if you're not a person of color, ask a question and talk to someone just so, and it's uncomfortable. You know, I'm dealing with this in, in my own organization, the uncomfortableness of that conversation, but you will grow from it. Prom- I promise you, you will grow from it just being able to get a greater understanding of someone's experience. And you talked about demographics. You know, The research shows that um, when they did this, this post poll, over 36% of, milita- of active duty military fan- uh, military service members decided that they wouldn't continue their service if they were sent to, cert- to certain locations based off of demographics, or if they had to choose career progression over that job, they were going to choose, or, or career progression over their family being safe, they're absolutely gonna choose their family being safe and not take that job. And that was also one of the things that um, you know some of the commanders wasn't, wasn't uh, aware of. And so we're pushing this to Congress that demographics matter. We actually have to be able to have this conversation. And I know that's true because I lived it when I was stationed and So as I became a part of this organization, it made me reflect on my own career 24 years. What have I experienced? And I think I had kind of pushed it to the back of my mind uh, when I got sent to Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And Mm -hmm. I was very unsure about going to Mississippi, Um, but it was great career progression. And so I said, I'm going. My daughter was in college. I still had my son and we went Mm -hmm. And my son. Now, remind you, he's grown up, he's a, a army brat, military kid, doesn't know anything, lived in a gated community, lived on posts, had friends of different cultures and backgrounds. He had no idea, and he was racially profiled twice when he was there um, because he was about, at that time, six feet tall, but he was 13 years old. And I had to make the tough decision with his, you know, his father and my family to send him to my family. Um, because I did not feel safe with him continuing to be there. And he did his entire um, high school um, there. And that was really, truly the first time besides deployments that we were apart. And I share that story even with senior leaders as if I went through it, I know there's others. And sometimes you have to make a tough decision because you want your family to feel safe. So that's even more the reason um, that this initiative is so important.
0: So most senior leaders, of course, uh, I know a couple of them I've seen even on social media or some that have came on this uh, platform, uh, even uh, that are not uh, black or, or leaders of color. Uh, they've came on and they've shared experiences about uh, things that they had to deal with as far as uh, racism. And, and now the Army's pushing this whole diversity piece and inclusion and people's first. And, and a lot of people may point the finger like we should have been doing this. Hey, well, let's, let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. The, nobody's perfect. Not, not even the army, not no leader. You show me a perfect leader, I'll show you a flaw somewhere that nobody's perfect. But the fact that they are pushing this initiative now, I give the army credit for this. But when we talk about the diversity and inclusion piece, uh, piece uh, I think one of the things that I've seen and even people that have reached out to the page is that starting the conversation is hard because uh, from whatever reason, or uh, whatever culture that you came back, or you just don't understand uh, how a person of color may have felt when uh, the George Floyd uh, thing happened. Oh, I remember when I did a, a video about what happened at the Capitol. And I stated that if that was a, 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 a group of people of a different color, based on what we have seen, we could, we could formulate an assessment that that would have been a different outcome. And of course it, it, it got a lot of kickback from a lot of my Caucasian white friends or whatever. And, and they didn't understand. So a couple of them just asked, "Hey, well, why do you feel that way? So I want you to talk about, when we talk about diversity, inclusion and leaders, uh, being able to have those conversations, uh, what would you advise them as far as just getting the conversation off the platform to get it started? Because I think that's one of the hardest things is just getting the conversation to start.
1: I think the easiest way and you're right. It, I don't even want to say there's a use the word easy because it's not easy for um, someone that's not of color to ask the question. And it's, it's not easy for someone who may have experienced the things to want to come forth. But what has been my experience um, with my own personal experience and just speaking with others is, is so much power in asking someone how they're doing mm-hmm. and if they've experienced this. That li- literally is the gateway to an uh, open conversation. Mm-hmm. Asking, how are you doing? Did you, have you ever experienced this? In, or, or would you like to tell me about it? It's the mm-hmm. easiest way. And, and I think we have to, um, you may not agree, With every, you know, for individuals that may not agree with it because maybe they didn't live it, like that's okay. At the end of the day, this is someone's personal story. And I Mm -hmm. think you just will find, you know, if you can respect that that is someone's story and just be an ally to say, what can I do to make it better? I'll stand with you, regardless of the color that we are, or ethnicity, or culture, or um, uh, sexual preference, I stand with you. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, just to make serving living in a community, a better place. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably the best way is just to open dialogue. And, and that's why I jumped from active duty straight into this job, because I appreciate the fact that they asked the question, how are you doing? And no one is doing this D when I tell, you no organization, there's a lot of diversity DEI programs, training, recognition, but there isn't a lot of racial equity and inclusion. No one's asking these questions. No one's doing this work. That's why I'm super proud to be a part of this organization to push this initiative Um, because no one's doing this. So ask the question. That's really, truly the best. Ask someone to share their story with you.
0: Mm -hmm. I I was talking to one of my advisors uh, about it and she asked me a question. She questioned me. She said, uh, a lot of times when all of the, the George Floyd and the thing that happened, Ahmaud Aubrey and Breonna Taylor and so many to name, uh, we were talking about it. And she told me she said, well, she was like, well, D, have you ever thought about how uh, white people feel that they may feel that because of all that's going on, that they're being categorized as this group over here, but they're not like that and normally because emotions may rise up and we may get ready to single everybody out because we feel if one person in that group does it, we say one bad apple spoils the bunch. What? And I don't agree with that. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, she was telling me, she said, hey, did you ever stop to think about uh, how Caucasian or white people may feel that are not, uh, that are not racist or that stand against what happened to George Florida, Brianna Taylor, Maud Aubrey, or uh, uh, these other names? And it made it, it gave me some transparency. and then we were talking we were just talking about what happened. But when she said that to me it, it made me pause and think that even though this uh, diversity peace and equi- equal uh, you know uh, racism may be looking as as if it's targeted at one group, did we the group, ever stop to think how that Caucasian counterpart that we know that has always been down with us, have always been standing side by side with us, did we ever stop to think of how they're feeling? And I wanted to say this, sometimes the way to start the conversation is that maybe we can go to them and ask them, hey, what do you think about what happened? And- Mm -hmm. When it happened, when the uh, when the um, when the whole situation happened at the at the uh, Capitol building, I remember going online, I said I was going to go in everybody's building in my unit. I was going to ask them, hey, what did you you know, what did you think about this? You know, how did you think? And I think it goes back to when we think about people first, we got to understand. And a lot of times we as the military, we as the military and as leaders, I'm not going to say a specific branch. But we as leaders and as the military, sometimes we want to cover things and that doesn't fix it. Uh I think we have to understand that we say we're a soldier 24-7, but where do we as soldiers come from? We come from the community. Community, exactly. So when the, so when the community hurts or the community is going through something, we want to tell we tend to want to say, Hey, we're better than this. We're no, we're human. And I want you to talk about the human dynamics of uh being racially profiled because I was. Since I was at Fort Lee, I was racially profiled by a white cop at Wawa, right there in Hopewell. I saw when he looked at me when I got out of my car. I'm going to say this, and I want everybody to understand where I'm coming from. Uh, Being that I'm black, there's just something about a look when you get from a white cop that you know is fixing to go left. And that's just my own opinion. When I saw the look that he gave me, I was like, this ain't this ain't finna go, this ain't finna go right. And what I started to do is I started to go live because I know if I go live, a lot of people are going to start watching when NCOP the live go live. So I was coming back from PT. I went in the store, got my breakfast burrito, got my orange juice like I normally do, came back out, and lo and behold, he was still sitting there in that car, in that truck. Got in my car when I backed out and pulled out, he pulled out right behind me. Made the left to get ready to go down to my apartment. When I went through the second light, he threw the lights on me. I'm like, I, I just saw it when he looked at me. So when he came up to me, he's like, hey, you got your drive license registration? Yes, sir, I do. Gave him a driver's license registration, and uh, he goes back, and he's looking. Now, I'm in PTs, so you know I'm in the Army, but I'm a black male driving a, a Cadillac ATS. Let's just call a spade a spade. So... um the guy come, he goes and run my license. I'm not worried about anything. He comes back, he says, "All right, sir, have a good day." So of course, uh officer, could you could you tell me the reason why you stopped me? Just have a good day. Mm-hmm. And in my whole heart is, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna front with y'all. I was pissed. I can't say because my parents probably watching, but yeah. I was upset. <laughs> Because yeah. I'm like, you see me in uniform, I'm always around here. You know, I'm I'm in this area because I live in that vicinity, and you stop me for what reason you didn't even give me a reason to stop. So I want to talk about the human dynamic part of how some individuals may feel when they're racially profiled, which tends sometimes makes them maybe don't want to do the survey. Talk about that.
1: You know, um, I do understand there's so many different levels of uh, human dimensions and unconscious biases come to m- mm-hmm. the first thing that come to mind and just being able to work through that, you know, it's difficult, it's a challenge, and, and there's absolutely work to be done. And I, I, I don't have all the answers, but what I will say is, it's just so important to that allyship. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that it, even if you're not a person of color, You can be my best as a friend. I can serve with you. I can look up to you. We can have a great, even professional relationship. And just that allyship is just so important and just to be able to understand. If you go on um, to the website and you started looking at the committee, there's a video out there that is so touching where Admiral Harris, um, he sent Claire Harris and he talked about how he had such a hard time trying to find an apartment. And he went to his best friend, which is a white guy that says, I'm just having a a tough time. I really think, you know, this is the reason. And his friend, his wife friend says, oh, you know, you can't use the race card all the time. I I think he's just not looking hard enough. And -hmm. so he said, well, go with me. Go with me to this apartment. Let's see. So they went together to this apartment um, building um, Admiral Harris went inside. He came out. They said, yeah, they said the website was wrong. There isn't any more available apartments. He said, now you go try. So his white friend went inside, tried, came out with the apartment. Mm. And that story was so touching to me for a few reasons. Not the fact that one went in and didn't, but it was the allyship. It was the friendship and the conversation, although they had different perspectives because they had different experiences. They were able to come together, have that uncomfortable conversation and try to get to see it from both lens mm-hmm. and just start that dialogue. That's probably the best example that I can say that although I don't have the all the answers, that is just a great example of two different sides coming together, having that uncomfortable conversation and trying to help each other through it. And mm-hmm. so. I, th- I know it's tough out there. Which is, is it, we're we're on the road. we on this journey. We're not there yet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that the awareness that, you know, that, like I said, that's my priority to bring awareness to this issue for us to, And we're even reaching out to commanders to say, how do we work with the police departments to ensure that they're getting the training? And so things don't happen like what happened to the lieutenant. You know, um, things don't happen. And how do we connect that? Because it's so important for, the for we're giving a selfless service, we're sacrificing for our country. All we wanna do is just feel safe in the community we serve and we yeah. live.
0: Uh, you, said, you said one thing, go, again, go ahead. And feel welcomed. Yeah, definitely uh, feel welcome in the community because like at the end of the day, uh, we come from the community. We're the 1% of yes. that community uh so uh one thing i want to touch on that you said like you hear a lot of leaders say uh i don't see color i just see green well what about when i'm not in uniform do you still see green when you see me walking in the mall on the weekend or when you see me at the gas station on the weekend like you i think and, and and i and i i understand what the the narrative of what they're trying to say but i think when they when they hear people of color talk more about this and say uh, if all you see is green, then you don't see me for who I really am, because that means that you're oblivious or that you're blind to the fact that you and I are different. We may be able to work together and accomplish a goal and accomplish a task. But when I go back out into the community, I'm I'm not just green. I'm a person of color. And uh, it just goes back to saying that um, we have to understand that we are, you know, products of the community so no matter which way we can't escape uh whether whether we're in uniform and we and we leave and we're going home we never would have thought that i would have watched the video that a lieutenant in uniform uniform, went through what what he went through but nevertheless it happens and i think sometimes we have to realize that uh it's not just about just seeing green you have to be able to see that individual uh for who they are i want to talk to you real quick before i let you go about the inclusion piece Uh, I remember one day and I got, I got some slight for it, but I said it and I stand by it. I said, it's, it's hard for individuals who's always been included to accept when everybody else is trying to be included. It's, it's kind of hard and and it's not, it's not a stab at any particular race, but when you've been included for so long and now you have to share that inclusion, of course, like when you were cook when you were young, you didn't want to break off a piece of your cookie and give to your brother, your sister. You felt like you should be able to have it all to yourself. I don't know. Maybe it just happened. I'm in my own backyard, but I didn't want to share my cookie. And I and I had the the little icing cookie. You know, you get yeah. in a thing. I didn't even want to give up one because they were mine. But my grandma always made me share to include my brother in them that they were able to have a cookie too. I, I use that analogy. I use that analogy to say this: when we talk about inclusion, the army is doing some great things now and, and changing. Uh, some perspectives on how females are able to dress. I'm just going to put this plug out there. Men, quit asking for beards, okay? It's not going to happen. I I, I stand with you on certain things about a beard, but I'm not going to talk about that. But in relation to some of the things that the Army, the initiative that the Army is changing, I think it's been time. The fact that they're getting it right now, I'm all for it. Uh, I want you to talk a little bit about some of the things that you saw transitioning as far as inclusion for females and um, even though it was happening on your way on on the way out, how did that make you feel uh as far as uh females being included?
1: So I was so thrilled. I was actually clearing when they first came out with the earrings, and so I had about two days left before I finaled out, so I put my earrings well, in while then. I was clearing. <laughs> And and super excited. When I think of inclusion, this is what I think about. And I'll tie back into uh, all the changes with females. Mm -hmm. Uh, One great leader uh, said this to me and it stuck with me. Well, when you talk about inviting everybody to the party, Mm. I'm inviting everybody to the party. You're invited and you're invited and we're all at the party. Now I want to make sure everybody is dancing. So, how do I how do I make sure everyone's dancing? I want to make sure I play music that everyone likes. That is the true definition of inclusion, not just inviting someone to the party, ensuring that we all dancing at this party. And so um super excited with the changes for women. A lot of them has nothing to do with aesthetics, although it looked like it's for a status, it's really truly about. Um, just some of the things that we have going on as far as our hair. Um, uh, so I'm super excited for seeing the females out there rocking those ponytails. I love it. Um, I think it's I think it's so important. And I know it's tough for some leaders who's used to it, even some females, but you have the option. So mm-hmm. glad yeah. to see the changes happening.
0: Now, I will say this, even the TPSGL, I didn't know uh, some of the things that uh, female, and it's and then I learned this also that it's not just black females, yes. that was having the issues with mm-hmm. if they couldn't make a bun that they would pull. Uh, I can't think of the term terminology of it, but y'all know what I'm saying, Al-Aisha. yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't so. I first I learned that that was something that could happen, and then I didn't know that it was uh females of all races that if their hair was too short and they had to pull it back and force it back into a bun that that would happen to them, and then. It, it made me aware because check this out, sis, I have two daughters and now I have two granddaughters mm-hmm. that if they would decide to go into the military, that this is something better for them when they go that they're not able to, you know, tear their hair or break their hair off, you know, uh, in those areas. Because I I didn't know. And And here's another thing. Uh, We can't always assume that leaders should know certain things. Sometimes a leader, even the TPS jail at the academy at at a trade-off installation, I I just didn't know that that was something that would happen. And then I was even further educated that it don't just happen to black females. So uh, definitely agree. Uh, Education is key. We got to make sure we educate ourselves, make sure we stay relevant. So that way, when we're when we're faced with some of these issues, we can understand was where I'm going with this. Yeah, we can understand where uh, where's the female or the male is coming from. Because if if we don't know, if we've never been accustomed to it. Like you said, I've never experienced it. I don't think that it happens. And For sure. and lo and, behold, and lo and behold, it does happen. So we're at the top of the hour. So I'm going to give you uh, the last parting words. And if you got any shout outs to any individual that you work with or any last minute nuggets you want to drop with the uh, the, uh, listeners, the mic is yours.
1: I just want to thank you for allowing me to come on uh, to talk about this important initiative. I know it can be uncomfortable, um, but we can get through this and we can get through this together. You mentioned something earlier about no one is perfect. You know, the military isn't perfect. I'm not here bashing. I love my service. My kids serve, um, but it's just truly just talk about and make everyone awareness so we can do better. If We know better then we would do better. And um, I'm just so happy. Shout out to Sergeant Major Griffin. Appreciate you. Uh, I seen uh, Sergeant First Class Banks on here. Send me a shout out. So I want to make sure I shout out. I miss you all. If there's one thing I can say I miss. I love retirement, but I do miss the camaraderie. That truly is the one thing that i say I, I miss. No one understands you when you're not in the military. So um, yeah. I, I do miss the camaraderie, um, but I wish everyone uh, many blessings. Please take the survey, survey, Military Families of Color Needs Assessment on bluestarfam.org. Uh, if you know someone, if you're not in the military, but you, I'm sure you know someone that served Please share. Be uh, Join me in this outreach as we raise awareness on this important issue. Thank okay. you.
0: I'm glad she said that. So don't forget. Hey, check it out. BluestarFam.org. Not only that, uh, you got uh, some Spouse Force. You got Blue Star Families Facebook. Um, we also talk about the surveys. Hey, you can't be complaining if you ain't taking the surveys. Go out there and make sure you take the surveys and... One of the top things I took away from is chronic flow chart.
1: <laughs> yes, You've never heard
0: about that chronic flow chart. Go to yes. your see where your records are and ask them for that. Definitely gonna need that. Uh, Why, God? I'm thinking about it. First, on you. I need to call you tomorrow. Uh, I got to talk to you about something. I seen her on here, so just remind me. If I forget, I know she'll text me and be like, "Hey, Battle, you said you need to talk to me." So I definitely got to talk to you tomorrow. Uh, so great interview. So listen, this is my time to give my closing comments. First and foremost, I want to thank you again for taking the opportunity to come on to the show. I don't just say this lightly because I understand you could be doing other things. You could be out there enjoying retirement, you know, with your little wine and everything. I see you with your little wine, cheese and crack it. I'm like, okay, she's doing it, you know, but I appreciate you taking the opportunity to come on. Uh, of course, when some initiatives come up, Uh, there's a couple of people that have an open invitation to this show. That's the Army G1, uh, Sergeant Major Clark in that section. Uh, There's uh, SEAC Retired Troxel, SMA uh, Daily, Mm -hmm. whenever they have um, uh, things going on at AUSA, and then the people at Dante's. So now I'm going to extend that invitation to you that – when new, oh, things come, when new things come down, new initiatives come down that you feel like, hey, uh, leaders need to know about this. Of course, we're connected now. Yes. That's, that's for life. So put yes. me you. up on a text message or call me and be like, hey, bro, I got this going on. And trust me, I'll make sure that uh, my uh, a, a team be able to move some things around to get you onto the platform. And once again, I really do appreciate uh you coming through tonight so thank you a lot thank you for La- having me ladies and gentlemen that's been another great edition of NCO PD live i'm gonna go through again make sure you go check out to your tmc where your records are make sure you ask for your chronic flow chart make sure you check out blue spouse force blue star families on facebook we talked about these surveys that are out there. You can't keep complaining if you're not taking the survey. We've all seen it; it come through, and we delete that email. I've been guilty, but I'm telling you now, I'm going to take. well, I got to, I got to FaceTime my granddaughter after this, um, so I might, I'll do mine tomorrow, and I'm gonna text you when I do it. Alex, <laughs> remind me to do survey tomorrow at eleven o'clock. Yes, am. Okay. So, sometimes she don't, don't listen. Don't <laughs> Boom. So I got it. I'm I'm on it. Uh, so definitely I'm gonna take my survey tomorrow. Oh, and get this. So uh, I haven't announced this yet. I'm gonna announce it now. So I just found out uh, yesterday, a day before yesterday, one that I'm getting ready to have another granddaughter.
1: Ah. Oh, so
0: this is going three granddaughters. I'm
1: like, uh, all right, Pop Pop,
0: congratulations! I know, man. So, I'm getting ready to have another granddaughter. Uh, I believe she will be here October 19th, I believe. So, um, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, more information coming on that, but yeah, I just haven't shared it, but uh, definitely getting ready to have another granddaughter. So, I'm uh, super excited about that. I think her name is Am- Amari. Amari, yeah. Aww. So I got Camille. I mean, I got no Kamaria. I got um Bella, La Bella, and now I'm gonna have Aww. uh Amiri, Amari, something like that. I don't know. I'm messing it up. Anyway,
1: what before she gets here, I
0: yeah. know that's like right. oh, before she <laughs> be able to know what her G part is saying because I sure would hate to be telling her the wrong mm-hmm. name and she gets get to school and be all thrown off. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, y'all know the motto: If you see Something wrong, and you fail to do something about it, then you have just created a new standard. And at the end right. of the day, their issue is never with you, but their issue is with the standard. This has been yours truly, style Sergeant Hicks. Hashtag D professional SCL with my special guest tonight, the one and only Miss CT Moss, first on retired from Blue Star Families. It was a great show. We'll be seeing y'all on the other side. Y'all have a good night. On behalf of my advisors, the NCOPD Live team, we would like to thank tonight's special guests and for all of you that have tuned in to tonight's show. Until next week, we'll be seeing you soon. Have a great evening. Good night.